Hello and welcome to Tech Talks with Madonna, Season 2, Episode 8. Our guest today is Rose Gayel Bellinger, or R-Jim. Her fascination with technology started at an early age. Her family home is in Yaoundé, the capital of Cameroon. In high school, she focused on mathematics and physics. She earned her bachelor's and master's degrees in software engineering. We're joined by Rose Gayel Bellinger and... Um, it's such an honor to have you here. And a little bit history, we did the Growth Google Scholarship together back in 2018. And that's how <laughs> I met you, which is super cool and awesome. And I am excited to hear more about you. Please tell us about you. <laughs> Thank you, Asha. That's true. It was to the uh, nano degree entry program that we met. I actually forgot about that. Uh, so I'm... Um, I'm originally from Yaoundé, uh, uh, the French-speaking side of Cameroon. I um, moved to the U.S. to pursue my studies uh, with the intention of going back at the time, but then there have been a lot of life changes, so I ended up continuing uh, my graduate studies and also working after an internship, a few internships here in the U.S. Uh, so yeah, so uh, it that's, that's pretty much me. In a nutshell, you can summarize me as a geek who's passionate about technology, the arts, and making this world a better place. I love that. That's the best way you can sum up your own bio. <laughs> that is so cool. Now, I just noticed you got promoted too. Congratulations to Vice President. <laughs> that is so cool. Please, do you want to tell us how that has been? Because I know it's not easy to get there but mm -hmm. it definitely happens within time. So please tell us, how was that? How was that? <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I should add by first saying uh, the way the promotion process works, it's very different where I worked and at a lot of companies. Uh, there is a promotion committee that's going to evaluate each candidate. Uh, at some other companies, people can self-nominate themselves. Uh, they can put together a package, talk about everything they've achieved and submit it. But for us, it's different. It's usually our management team that um, identifies people who have stepped up uh, so the promotion uh, where I work is not that you're getting a new role it's actually that you're getting recognized for your past contributions uh, your leadership your subject matter expertise so it's it's typically an after the fact type of recognition and uh, it's it's been quite exciting it's uh it's been a long journey uh and then uh, in the, although the promotion title is official, toward the years I've actually been mm -hmm. holding roles that that have been that have helped me acquire the necessary skill set and also mm -hmm. make the contribution that led to that point. So it's nice to have the official recognition, but at the same time, I I would like to point out what I worked on before was yeah. definitely at that level. It was um, it wasn't that you got promoted now you get new task now we we already work at that level before we get officially recognized amazing and something actually that makes me even feel I mean become so proud of you is what you've accomplished so far I am also I think we went to the same school Auburn Samuel yeah. Jean, College of Engineering yeah, and where you go I know what you go <laughs> And I wanted to ask you, you are in, in the Business Advisory Council, right? And you you kind of like help shape some of the things that the computer science in Auburn kind of like um, 
does can you explain that because I feel like I don't even know how much you do but <laughs> yet it's so cool I actually saw a picture of a picture of you with with, with the prize what was that about please tell us more. oh yeah yeah <laughs> that's a great question at this recent event that those are actually two separate things I will talk about the business survivor council then I'll talk about the award you just mentioned uh the um most departments and most schools have a business advisory council or board. Uh, they it could have a different name. And it tends to be people in academia and industry who help guide the department. Uh, for So, for example, at Auburn University, we have an engineering council for the engineering department. So there's also the board for the, uni the overall university. But then within engineering each college also has a business advisory council in this case i mean the computer science and software engineering as well as wireless engineering the software portion of wireless engineering uh, we provide guidance and assistance to the university uh, any way they can uh, we are most of us uh, if not all of us are alum and they our, our support goes three ways Firstly, we see if we can assist the university financially uh, by, uh, for example, putting together an endowment because uh, some students might not be able to pursue their studies because of financial reasons. Uh, so either the, the council itself will create a scholarship mm -hmm. or we will work with the school on how to work with other, how to uh, motivate other alum to uh, create an endowment they could create an endowment on their own they could create it could be a group uh, effort uh, so there's that aspect the second way we assist the university is through mentorship uh, and sponsorship uh, a good example would be senior design we yeah. could be judges uh, mm -hmm. or for the senior design project sometimes the university needs companies to sponsor not financially but like they need a project the students can work on uh, so for the alum who are near the school who are there locally they can approach the university and say here's a project we would like the students to solve and then we will be coaches so that they can get that hands-on experience uh, we can also be peer mentors we can, if there's a competition uh, such as a hackathon we could be judges or we can get our company to uh, contribute financially um, another way we assist is with the uh, the recruiting efforts uh, so a lot of students do internships or co-ops while they're in school and when they graduate uh, unless they continue straight into academia, such as grad school or a career in academia, they probably want a job like either launching their own company or working for something else. So someone else, sorry. Uh, in that case, we assist with that. Uh, we can do mock interviews, uh, resume reviews. And if our companies happen to be recruiting, we will make sure that the students are aware then and sometimes we've done panels where we come to the school and just provide advice and the last way we help is the curriculum aspect we review what the university has proposed uh, the yeah. computer science and software engineering department mm -hmm. uh, it could be that there's a new classroom or computer lab to be built there's new mm -hmm. when they're planning to purchase a new professor they're hiring or it could be that there's a new class uh, they're considering or some 
previous class, we noticed in the curriculum that probably should be made an elective instead of a required course because the skill set the students were acquired through that class are no longer relevant. Uh, so that's something the Business Advisory Council does. So overall, we're, we're resource for the school to yeah. utilize in order to make the student experience better so that by the time they graduate, um, they have the, they're ready to, you know, to roll. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, yeah. And then you the, would, uh -huh. yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, I just wanted to say you're doing pretty cool stuff. Like, yeah. that is amazing. <laughs> I know I use the word amazing a lot in my podcast and people will call me out for this, but I mean, what else? Okay, maybe I can use fantastic, but this is so cool. I am a Doctor <laughs> Who fan, so I will go with fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Yes. I love that. Fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant. The um, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm current, I've been on the uh, Business Advisory Council for almost four years, and I'm the current chair. I'm due to be replaced this year. So mm -hmm. I look forward to uh, getting to meet the new chair, uh, who's most likely uh, going to be elected in the next few months. So wow. if you are a student at Auburn University or actually any university, make sure you get to know folks in the Business Advisory Council. We love meeting students. We love finding any way we can, yeah. uh, whether it is mentoring mm -hmm. uh, or providing guidance, coaching uh, when it comes to life, big life decisions. It doesn't have to always be academic or professional. Mm -hmm. It could be uh, some students have reached out to ask questions about uh, F1 and sponsorship into yeah. H1B and so on. Those are great questions to discuss, uh, especially when you have multiple job offers and that could be the mm -hmm. what makes or break an offer. Now, your other question was about the award. Uh, that was a recognition also by Auburn University yeah. uh, for the... Uh, for service. It's pretty much a service award. Uh, the university has what is called the Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, wow. This is for people who've made significant contribution to the university. And they are typically four recipients uh, nominated, selected each year. And that has started several years ago. About um, around 2011, uh, they added a new award called the Young Alum Alumni Award. Uh, it is meant for an alum of the university who is uh, pretty much a role model and also making great impact uh, mm -hmm. when in the community in their respective community. And the only restriction is they have to be under 40. Uh, so the so it's the award is. Uh, given at the same time as the lifetime achievement so mm -hmm. it was quite amazing to be at that event because it was a, a fantastic gala reception and I got to meet several folks I, I call them buildings because yeah. I, I was meeting them to say hey I'm so and so I'm like hold on your name is on a building on campus <laughs> so that, that, was that is pretty, so cool yeah, it was pretty <laughs> impressive because it it, it, it um it inspired it inspired me uh, both ways first Firstly, it showed mm -hmm. me that even though they graduated in the 50s and 60s, mm -hmm. they still give back to the community. They still want to help out in any way they can. So that definitely inspired me to continue doing what I am. I'm, I hope when I get to that point in my life and career, as I will be uh, like like them. <laughs> so ah, you will be. 
<laughs> you're already doing the work that actually builds you up to that step, right? I feel like that's what you're doing right now. Now, I really, you touched on a very important point. You mentioned F1, H1B. And I know this is a thing that comes about, especially for immigrants who mm-hmm. actually come in to study. And you didn't mention you're from Cameroon. And I feel like there are so many great topics that we can cover with you. But let's go f- step by step. And I want to ask you, what actually first made you gravitate towards technology? Mm-hmm. And then after that, you can tell us how the F, if you were an F1 student, how you navigated that. Both great questions. Um, how I got into technology, uh, partially because both my parents were in STEM. Um, they were the first in their families to go beyond middle school, uh, actually beyond high school. Uh, and particularly my mom uh, at the time, Women pursuing their studies was not new, but it was unusual for them to go and pursue advanced studies. In fact, my mom only has one name, which makes it a nightmare to buy her plane ticket. Because when she was born, people like it was it was kind of unusual for women to go to school. So why would you need more than one name? So she doesn't have a last name. She just has one name. No first name, no last name, just one name. One um, name? Yeah, that is so unique. I mean, I like it. It's it unique. Is, but it was quite common when she was growing up because the idea she was she's going to spend the rest of her life in the village and eventually get married and have children. And um, so the fact that she was, uh, my, you know, my grandmother was a middle school uh, teacher. Um, Actually, both my grandmothers were teachers, and it, it was in, in motive, inspired, motivated her to continue her studies. Like they did not try to hold her back. They did not uh, try to tell her your role as a woman is to only be doing X, Y, Z. They say, um, you know, go for it. We want you to have the opportunities. We did not, uh, because you never really know. Like if, even though at the time the idea was you probably have a spouse and have a family. But the thing is, you never know what will happen to your partner. So the idea was you want to um, look is when opportunity meets the prepared. So you want to make sure that you're prepared so that if an opportunity ever presents itself, you can seize it. So that's how my mom was raised. And also my great grandmother was big into giving back, like leaving things better than we found them. So she always made sure that whatever we did, we're always doing something that benefits the community overall. So having had that background, like with my dad being a civil engineer, uh, and then my mom going into, she she became an earth science teacher, that definitely most certainly inspired my siblings and as well as myself to consider going into STEM. Well, it inspired or we didn't have a choice, depending on how you look at it. Um, The second thing was my one of my favorite uncles who unfortunately just passed away this December, this past December, he went to pursue his studies and abroad. And when he came back the first summer, um, he brought candies and toys to all the children. And to <laughs> that me, is so they, classic. Yeah, definitely. Except for me, he said, no, for you, no candies, no toys. I noticed you like reading. So I brought you some books. Of course, six-year-old me was like, "Why the hell the candy?" Uh, but then the books pretty much, pretty like, pretty quickly became quite fun. Uh, one book was uh, "L'Enfant Noir" by Kamara Lai. Uh, the second book was uh, "Le Pont sur la Rivière Kwai," the bridge on the river, river Kwai. And then the third book was a book that had that talked 
had a series of fun facts about inventions. So I became, I quickly became that annoying six-year-old who will memorize fun facts in the book and come and uh, quiz everyone. Did you know such and such was invented by such a person or in this year and like this? And I'll do that for fun until so I realized that. <laughs> until I landed on the page, I talk about the can opener and it, I just froze. It said the can opener was invented more than 41 years after the can. I'm like, hold on, the math doesn't add up. For over 40 years, people kept opening cans with like a, a knife and a rock, for example, and no one tried to figure out or no one came up with a better solution for that. Uh, because the invention of cans was groundbreaking to begin with. It helped people, it helped preserve food for longer uh, than at, uh, it was possible at the time. But it picture how many fingers must have been injured with the previous solution. Someone came up with a better solution and pretty much made the patent available uh, so that anyone could benefit from it. Like they were not trying to become rich. They were not saying only I can produce can openers. They said, I want the community to benefit from that. So I thought I would like to become that kind of person. Someone who looks at the problem and instead of saying it's always been done this way, I will ask myself, can, can I come up with a better solution? And also how can it benefit everyone? So it's not about enriching yourself, but it's about making things better because that's how we progress happens where we build things that help the overall community so that's that's what really really made me want to become an engineer because i wanted to come up with a technology or a technology or tech skill that can benefit as many people uh, as possible <laughs>